0: So we do have a live event, so you can follow along with your smartphone or tablet. How many of you guys have your old school, leather-bound, hold that up, hold it proud? Yeah, come on, there we go. One, I see two, I see three, maybe? Somebody digging? Uh, no, okay, we got two, all right. So you can follow right along. We are continuing our sermon series. This is week three on Tuned In. How many of you guys feel like this has been a good series? You feel like maybe there's been some stuff that's kind of maybe served some things, learned some things? Yeah, no, hey, hey, be honest. You know, like, hey, you know, I know all this already. Next time you'll teach it, okay? <laughs> we'll have you teach it. So, we're, we've been just kind of uh, this whole series is based off the verse in John chapter 10, verse 27, uh, which uh, says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That is a loaded verse. I think it's awesome that Jesus is the good shepherd and He calls us His sheep. I love that He takes ownership of us. I like that uh, we have when we have an inclined ear, we can hear King Jesus speak. And that, friends, we are intricately known by God in a very detailed and intimate fashion. That's why He says, "I know them." So it isn't just like I know about them. You know, He knows us, and I've shared this, and I'm going to keep sharing this just because I think this is cool. God knows us more than we know ourselves. How do I know this? Tell me how many hairs you have on your head right now. Do it. Not many. <laughs> not, many. <laughs> not, as, not as many as I used to. Well, the Bible says that the very hairs on our head are numbered. So just in one, one, one little fashion right there, God knows us more than we know ourselves. And so he, when he says, I know you, friends, he knows us. And so I just think it's, I, this, this verse, I just love it, that he calls us his, he says that we hear his voice, he says he knows us, and then he goes on to say, and they follow me. And so ultimately, we go where he tells us to go. When we're, that's, why, that's why he told the disciples, come follow me, right? He didn't say, come believe in me, he basically wanted us to put action behind our belief. And so we go where he goes. He tells us where to go, and we say, yes, we may kick and scream, we may fight a little bit, we may not like it. But hopefully, obedience kicks in and we do what he says. It's not always easy. Most likely, it's difficult for us to follow. If following the will of God for you is easy, you're probably not really truly following the will of God for your life. Because it should be difficult. It should be challenging. There should be something that causes us to kind of step outside of our comfort zone. And I just kind of threw that in there. That was not in my notes at all. That's a little two cents. You can pocket it or chuck it out the window. So how many of us know that having a relationship with God can be complicated? It can be complicated. Why do I say this? Because in my duration of walking with God, I've come to realize that God speaks when he wants to speak, and I, and I have to have a listening ear at almost all the time, and that, uh, and that he can say and speak in some of the most inconvenient times, and... A lot of times it happens when I'm already doing something else. So I think that's kind of complicated to me. I, has anyone here ever had? Has anyone here? I mean, have you kind of found that in your walk with Christ that God speaks when He wants to speak, not necessarily when you want Him to speak. When you want Him to speak, He's quiet. When you when you're not really listening, is when He's talking. And then, and when He's speaking, usually you're like busy or you're doing something or it's inconvenient or there's something happening, and then it's like you gotta like almost like pause what you're doing to kind of listen because God's saying something. I've had that happen over and over and over in my life. I think this is complicated. It would be real easy if it was like, okay, Lord, you know, this is the time that we spend together. You can tell me all that you want me to do all day long. Just give me the list. Just lay it out for me. That would be easy, right? Okay, 1 o'clock, you want me to meet this person? 2 o'clock, meet this person? No, it's not like that. It's like you're going about your day, minding your own business. You're at Kroger, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, hey, pay for the person's groceries behind you. And you're like, wait, what? Wait, like, this is like, like, I'm like struggling here, Lord. Like, I'm giving like my last little bit of cash before I get paid, and you want me to, is that an inconvenient time? I mean, think about this. I know when, when the Lord asks me to go above and beyond in giving, it's always when, when everything is on, is tightly fisted. It's never when the abundance is flowing. It's like, oh man, look at my, my bank account. It looks nice and fat. God, won't you ask me to give then? No, it's when it's when it's when everything is like super tight and crunched. It's like the most inconvenient. I think that's kind of complicated personally. And then this is what makes it more complicated on my part. Because I ask myself, am I willing to be interrupted by God? Am I willing? Are you willing to be interrupted by God? It's, it's not always easy. Here we go. This one, this is the one that gets me right here. Am I willing to obey if he speaks a directive? Or, or, who here has, has felt a prompting of the Holy Spirit and have utterly failed? Raise your hand. Look at that. We got, okay, raise your hand again. Now look, now look around. Now look, see, everybody's hand is up. So you know what that means? You're not in this boat alone. Because sometimes what happens is if you feel a prompting of the Holy Spirit and then you miss it. I just had this happen uh, a, a few months ago where somebody had a prompting of the Holy Spirit, they missed it, and then they went into like a three-day depression. And I said, it's okay. You failed. It's all right. God knows. You know, he's ultimately in charge. He's, he knows what he's doing. Just ask God for another chance. It's okay, brush the dust off. I mean, they literally, they went into a, like a depression. They're like, oh, man, I failed God. I missed out this person. could This, that, and the other. And I said, God knows. It's okay. We, we make mistakes. The promptings of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, we get to a place where we start, when he starts speaking directives, that we're, we come to a place where, we obe- where we're obedient. And, so, and then that comes uh, to the next point, and this is hard for me. Is my comfort more important than his commission? <laughs> 'Cause isn't that ultimately it? It's like God's going to ask me to do something uncomfortable or going to have me speak something that is uncomfortable. And I don't like Who in here can naturally speak to strangers? Raise your hand if it's like natural for you to speak to strangers. So okay, so we got so there's a so, so there's a few people and some people they they I mean, I just know people that are like that. They can just talk to anybody. It's real natural for them. But for some of us introverts, who would say that it's not natural for you to speak to strangers? Look at that. So then, so I would say we had more hands raised for not natural than, so for, for if you're a natural introvert and you're just like, I just want to go into Walmart, I just want to buy my stuff, I want to go out, you know, get back into my car, I want, and, and when you're like doing that and like the Holy Spirit's like, you know, you see like this, this, this old lady and she's like, whatever, and like, why don't you go talk to her? It's like, what am I going to say to this little lady, God? You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, like, isn't that like uncomfortable? And usually, he doesn't tell me what I'm gonna say until I get there. So it's like you. So it's like you're you're just like minding your own business. You just went in for whatever. You know, maybe you want you got to get some shampoo. And oh, this is fun. My wife sends me in for for her woman products. You know, that's fun. That's always fun. So I always gotta add things to that. Because I don't walk in just buying that. I'm like, well now I gotta buy a pack of gum and I gotta get, I gotta give me some, you know, I gotta add a few things so that when I'm going up to the register, I'm just that's not the only item that's going through there. So (laughs) sorry, hard not life. I mean that's what it is. It's hard not life. My (laughs) <laughs> I'm about to put her out there. She, I mean, she does not like buying those items. Like, I, I don't know why. I, I'm like, I'll buy them for you, but still. But as you're standing there, you know, the woman she's looking at you. She's like, Breeep. she's looking at you like, mm-hmm. <laughs> all righty. Yeah, you, get the go ahead. Get the gum. Get the pop. Get the other things. No, okay, we got that. Put that in the bag. Make sure it gets in the bag. All right. So, there's <laughs> nothing to do. So, but sometimes it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's because you, I've had times where man, God does it, and just so easy. And other times it's just like, what? Wait, hold on. He's like interrupting me. And so, am, so the, I ask myself, is my comfort more important than his commission? Because obviously he puts us on assignment. And then finally, oh, this is the one that gets me here. Will I allow fear or excuse to negate my response? Because sometimes I, that's I do. Sometimes, I'm like God, I, I don't want to talk today. I don't want to. Or what am I going to say to this person? Or I'm too busy. I've got to go here, and I've got to do this. I've, I've told you. I mean, there's been times I've, I'm have i driving down the road, and I felt like a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Where it's, it happened a lot more when there was when there were cell phones. Now with cell phones, people are are able to. You know, call somebody for help when they're on the side of the road now. But you know, earlier in my Christian walk when not everybody had cell phones, I mean I would I just I mean I sounds like the Lord like stopping me like all the time like at the side of the road. And and I mean nine times out of ten it was like a like an older person or somebody who really did need help. So, you know, you help them put their tire on or whatever it was. And it was and it's like I'm going to a meeting. Like I'm actually running late to the meeting. Let's come on, let's be truth. And now and I'm like, oh God. I, remember, I mean, I had to do this a number of times. I had to call the person. I, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be another 20 minutes late because I, I just had something else come up, and I just, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll be there as soon as I can. And that's uncomfortable. I don't know. See, it's like, right? But am I going to let fear or excuse negate my response? Because then there's been multiple times where I'm like, God, I'm late. I got to go, or, or I have to get here, or I've got to get my children over there, or whatever it might be. And so, so these are things that I ask myself. Ask myself, am I, am I willing to be interrupted by God? Am I willing to obey if he speaks a directive? Is my comfort more important than his commission? And will I allow fear or, or my excuses to negate my response to his promptings? So if we truly look down deep inside of ourselves, you know, maybe it's easier just to stay busy doing stuff for God because then, you know, you're not really listening. You're just like, well, I'm just doing all this stuff for him. And then actually waiting and taking time to actually listening and doing work with him. I mean, think about that, to be honest. It's probably, I, I, I'm just saying, I, when I was writing this out, I kind of was doing some soul searching. and I'm like, is it easier to just be about God's business and just doing all the stuff for him and around him and for the church because then I'm just busy is that easier than actually taking the time to kind of take a step back and say, "Okay, God, what are you? What do you want me to do, or what? Are, what are you saying today?" I, to be honest, I probably look inside and say it's probably easier. It's almost like the the busyness for the kingdom, you know, because then because that's easy. I'm already doing stuff. I'm doing stuff that I want to do. I'm doing stuff that I task that I like doing. Then taking the time to wait. How many of us know waiting? Waiting is work. Who here, right? Who here likes to wait? I mean, they don't, road rage didn't come because we have a bunch of a patient people in, in our society. Road, road rage came from a bunch of people that are not very patient. Waiting may not be your strong suit, it may be. But I know this. I know in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. It doesn't say, Be busy and know that I am God. I have a hard time being still. really. I mean, I can't even stand still behind this thing. I mean, I got to move. I'm like, I can't just like stand here. I got to I gotta move. I just can't be stuck. How many of us have a hard time with this, being still? Raise your hand. There's about four of you. Okay. Well, the rest of you, please teach me the ways of being still. Because <laughs> it's hard. And I'm just saying in Okay, here comes my excuse. Here's my laundry list. I know you have a long list, too. You know, I'm just thinking, in the season of my life that I'm in right now, you know, I'm trying to work two jobs. I'm trying to oversee two churches. I'm trying to raise four kids. I'm trying to please one awesome wife. I'm trying to remain faithful to one awesome God, Almighty God. I'm trying to influence and inspire and encourage a few hundred people a week. I'm trying to fix all the stupid things that keep breaking at the Broadway building. And on, on top of all that, I'm trying to keep my own peace and sanity on top of all this stuff. So, Busyness for me is just like there's always stuff to do. There's always things that want to take that that quiet time, that stillness. And I and I see it like like when I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> my kids are 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 somewhat respectful at times when when we're praying. But then like like last night it's like uh, Jordan needed something or whatever, and he's like dad, and I'm like on my face. Like you can clearly tell I'm spending time with God because I'm laying on the floor with my face in the ground. So he's like I don't know what he needed. He's like. First of he asked mom something. She's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you praying, and then and then he's like, Dad, <laughs> dad. So it's like, okay. So there's always, there's always stuff to grab our attention, right? And I talked about this phone, how this phone just always goes off all the time. I mean, there's just, we just live in a day and age where where stillness is just not a virtue of our day. I mean, who I mean who I mean who would think that that we live in a day and age where where stillness would be a odd concept? It's, it just is it is what it is i hear people that are americans when they go over to third world countries and when they have quietness and they have these as a part of their culture like we go there and we like don't know what to do with ourselves <laughs> we're like what do you just like sit around the table for 6 hours like yeah that's part of their culture so be still and know that i am god be still being still is work you got to work. You when you when you're busy. When you're in a season of your life where things are always. It takes work for you to be still. You got to work at quieting yourself. And so, and and then I know I know the enemy just wants to drive us to continue being more busy and more busy. And so just like just like that taskmaster. I remember I was listening to a preacher a number of years ago, and he was talking about just the way that the enemy attacks him. And I I was like, oh, I, I kind of I understand that. He said, you know, I've come to a place in my life where where God isn't going to attack me on the on the front with, you know, different things that certain people fall in in temptation, but what how he attacks me is from the back and he's it's like he has a whip and it's like do more, work harder, go further, you know, do, you know, and 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 I kind of see that like there's like this taskmaster that make, that makes you just drive and 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 go and where you're, where you're just constantly and what happens is burnout happens. So I kind of see that. I've, I've been there before, and man, that's not fun. That sucks. Burnout sucks. Isaiah chapter 40. Friends, the stillness is where we gain our focus and draw our power from. It's in the stillness. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But uh, those that wait, or they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, that word wait doesn't mean like a waiter or a waitress that you're serving. And Those who wait upon the Lord, I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm doing stuff for Him. No, not that type of wait. Not waiter, waitress. Not that type of wait. Okay, the waiting that that God see. And sometimes, I mean, we may not we may not interpret it that way, but that's what we do with our life. Those who wait upon the Lord, I'm serving. I'm waiting, God. I'm waiting tables. I'm doing. Why isn't my strength being renewed? Because this type of wait in the in the Hebrew means to tarry. It means patiently wait upon. It means to expect. It means to bind together, and it means to gather. So this type of wait means to tarry. It means to, to wait. It means to wait upon. It means to have, have expectation. So our strength is renewed, excuse me, when we actually are still. Psalm 23, verse 2, it makes a lot of sense to me. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures." Do you know there's times when God has to make you sit down? <laughs> I read that. I was like, He makes me <laughs> like he. You know, he it's not like he leads me. I mean, uh, the says he makes. It's like he just sit down. You need to take a break. He makes me lie down in green pastures, but I don't want to lie down. I got so much to do. Sit. But this is what's so cool. Not this is what I think was awesome. It says he leads me beside the still waters. Why would God do that? You know what's what's the significance of still waters? Maybe it's because. It's to offset the raging waters of our own life that he leads us by still waters. Because if our life is raging and it's, there's just something about, have you ever like walked like by that, that, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a a lake or a pond or there's just something peaceful about you being next to still waters that, that kind of just gives you one of those ah, moments. Gives you peace, absolutely. And so maybe sometimes the the busyness, where God just, you know, hey, have a seat for a moment, and here let's 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 take a break, and I'm gonna quiet your soul by here. I'm gonna lead you by the still waters. We need still waters in our life. I need still waters in my life. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna shift gears here for a minute because I just I want to talk about actually the three influences because we're talking about tuned in to the, uh, our, in our tuned in series, just kind of just want to talk about the three influences. I just, for a moment, I just kind of wanted to hit being still because I, I'm preaching this to myself. I'm going to go re-listen to my message and repent at my house and, and answer my own altar call because I, <laughs> as I was getting this, as the Lord was giving me this, I'm like, God, I need, I need to deal with this myself. <laughs> Sometimes God gives you words uh, that you already have under your belt and other times God gives you words that you're working on. So it's one of those. That's right. So I'm going to shift gears, and I just want to talk about the three influences in our life. And so you may know this. You probably have heard this. You probably have you probably have done Bible studies on this. You probably have been in Bible studies that talk about these things. But these are just, and, and every time I talk about hearing the voice of God, these are the things that we need to learn how to distinguish the three influences in our life because we have yourself, you have the devil, and you have God. So there's three influences, and we need to learn how to distinguish the voice of God from these other things. And so how... Um, how we filter which is which is is really going to be how we really hear the voice of God so if you can filter your thoughts, your feelings, your impressions uh, all all you know when you have uh, an idea, if you can take those things and you can say, you know is this God, is this me is this the devil if you can kind of put that into into a practice it'll actually help you to really hone in on what God is saying and what you are saying and, and when you come into a place where you're hearing the voice of God usually the, the enemy's voice is, is so easy to distinguish but maybe at first when you first start walking with, with God it's not or maybe if you're still immature in your faith it's not and so, so these are just some, some, some quick things and I'm actually going to give a few uh, uh, a few things about where this has actually happened or, or my own experience about some of these things so me, so if it's your own voice, is it, you ask yourself, is it my p- personal preference, is it my will, is it my opinion, is it my idea, or is it my agenda? So, so we get impressions, we get feelings, we get thoughts, and there are times it's going to be you. It's your idea. It's your feeling. It's your thought your opinion. And that's okay. God made you to have those things. It's when you say that those things are God is when we get into the, the sticky waters. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. And then is it the devil? Well, is it a lying or deceiving spirit trying to cause you to slip up or to get off course? So is the impression Satan? Look at your de- your neighbor and say, the devil. Now don't call them the devil. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. The devil. And then the third influence, obviously, is God. Is this the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Period. You know, I mean, you don't don't need no reason why. God just does what he does. He says what he says when he wants to, how he wants to, whenever he wants to. So there's really nothing you can do or say about it. And if you're strong-willed, then you deal with it the way you deal with it. Because God is God and we're his. So when we have an influence... Uh, and perhaps one of these three, you know, when, I, when, I, when I'm influenced, I'll, sometimes I'll hear a word in my brain or in my spirit or, or a sentence or a phrase or a scripture. And friends, because God is spirit, he connects to us, he speaks to us spirit to spirit. So sometimes God will, I, I mean, I, I can honestly say I maybe have heard the audible voice of God maybe once in my life, Maybe. But on a, on a regular, consistent basis, God speaks to me spirit to spirit. He doesn't speak to me with my natural ears. He speaks to me with my spiritual ears, meaning I have an impression, I have a feeling, I have a sense, I have a thought. And so... For the most part, I'm going to go ahead and just put this out there. That's how God is going to speak to us because he doesn't speak to us in a physical way. He speaks to us spirit to spirit, meaning he gives us a feeling, an emotion, a thought, an idea, a dream, a vision. Sometimes he will. He'll actually speak to you. You'll hear, you. Hear, and, I, and then sometimes I hear the voice. Like I remember one time I was washing my truck, and I, mean, I literally heard the voice in my head say, Say, man, if people if people spent as much time as they did cleaning their vehicles and spending time with me, they'd be all right. And I said, oh, God, are you rebuking me while I'm cleaning my truck? That was a very inconvenient time, right? Obviously, it was convenient for God. My <laughs> like, God, this ain't going to be an idol. I'm going to spend. So I started praying in tongues right then. Just start speaking in the spirit and praying, okay, Lord, well, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to start praying for people. But my truck needs to clean, too, because it's dirty. So... Spirit to spirit. So you you may have random thoughts. So, you know, you have, so if you have thoughts like I'll have random thoughts, I'll be driving down the road and I'll just have an impression about calling so and so. Now, so I have a thought call so and so. Well, okay, so would the devil be impressing me to call so and so? Probably not. Was I thinking about them? No. So, obviously, this must be a Holy Spirit prompting. So there's something, maybe something's going on. Maybe they need encouragement. Maybe they just lost a loved one. Maybe, maybe they were, haven't been in church in a long time, and the, and the Lord is just highlighting them, and I don't know. I just know that's what I heard, and so I usually will say, okay, let me call them up, see what's going on. Or, uh, or like I'll, I've had this happen. Uh, well, here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put this out because this is fresh. I'm on my face last night, and I'm praying, and I just felt this. I just felt I need to spend more time with my kids. And so I'm like, I know we have, and so I was talking with Joy uh, this uh, last night, and I know we have our core group meeting tonight. But I said, okay, hunt, you you're going to run the core group meeting, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend the evening with my with my kids. And so I'm going to figure out what that looks like, whether that's, you know, we're going to play a board game, we're going to go for a bike ride. But for me, I feel like, you know, the devil isn't going to impress that to me. I wasn't thinking about spending time with my kids, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, I'm in prayer, I'm, I'm in a, and a, I'm, I'm, you know, getting myself, my mindset and everything for this, and I just have this thought. And so I'm like, Okay, well, I, I need to do that. So do you, do you get it? Yes, no. Maybe so. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. And you know, I just want to tell you this: It's always better on the other end when you obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit than when you don't. Is it hard? Yeah, it is. Because sometimes that means you have to rearrange your schedule. Sometimes it means you gotta, you gotta you gotta work towards whatever that prompting is. But let me tell you: if God is telling you, if He's highlighting something, if He's putting an impression on us to do something or say something or to be somewhere, then friends, then then take it to the bank. God is always right. I mean, I've had times where, where there was this meeting, and I just like I'm like I don't want to go, and I just feel like a prompting in me to go to this meeting. I'm like, I don't want to go to this meeting, and so I go. And obviously, I went, and there was like a divine appointment at this meeting where I, where oh, God could have used someone else. But he was prompting me to be there for that specific time. Now, what if I would have missed it? I don't know. I wouldn't know until I'm standing before the Lord and standing before the throne and seeing a missed opportunity. I don't know. I just know that in my walk with God, following his promptings is more beneficial on my end. And and I'm blessed by it usually. So I want to talk about three things here real quick. I want to talk about immaturity, pride, and deception. And this is where I'm I'm going to give a few illustrations, real life illustrations that I've experienced Immaturity. Immaturity says self-motivated, self- uh, I don't even know what I said. Self-conjured ideas. I couldn't read my own handwriting. Self-conjured ideas or feelings are from God. Say immaturity. Hold on, man. That was that was immature. Okay, say immaturity. Immaturity. I want a strong immaturity. Yeah. Nice, mature, vocal immaturity. Okay, say, so immaturity says that self-motivated or self-conjured ideas or feelings are for God. For, for example, a number of years ago when, when we uh, first planted our church and so uh, we were doing worship services obviously on Sunday and there was this gentleman that would come to our service and things and one time after service he came up to me and he said, he said, you know, Pastor Josh, I think we kind of missed it in worship. I'm like, really? He said, yeah. He said, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like God wanted to, like, you know, have worship go a little bit longer. I'm like, hmm, interesting. I'm like, well, you know what, Sean? I just want to just put this out there, you know. Uh, I just want to let you know that, you know, I've been fasting all weekend, and and you know, and usually on Thursday night or on on Friday on. Uh, Saturday evening, like I usually spend that whole time in prayer and, and fasting and spending time with God. Sunday morning, I'm up usually at like five o'clock in the morning and I'm spending time with God. And so during service, when when service is happening and worship is going on, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit saying, God, what are you doing? What do you want to do? Holy Spirit, lead us. Let's let's direct the service. So if So if the Lord, I would say that if the Lord wanted us to move in a longer fashion of worship, I think I'm a pretty good recipient to hear the voice of God and that To be honest, Sean, I think what's going on is I think for your personal preference, you wanted worship to go longer. And he said, huh. (laughs) And the only reason I know that is because at one time in my early walk with Christ, I was Sean. That's the only way I would know that. Because I remember being in a worship service when I first got saved, thinking I wanted worship. The Holy Spirit wants to move and wants, wants longer worship. No, I wanted longer worship. My personal preference was I wanted more worship, but I, would say, but I was saying in my heart, God wants it. Say immaturity—that's all it is. It's just immaturity. Or, or here another another case in scenario. There was a, a, when I when I first committed my life to Christ, um, you know, we'd have like prayer services and we'd have all these different things, and uh, and I had a, a good friend uh, who was a, a, a woman, and we you know we'd pray together and we'd do different things and stuff like that, and we're just friends. And so she had this dream. Uh, that she married me, that we got married. So, so she was going around, she didn't tell me this. She was going around telling everybody she had that, that the Lord showed her in a dream that she was gonna get married to me and all this other stuff, and I knew nothing about this. So actually, my pastor, Pastor Keith, sat me down and asked me, said, hey, do you have interest in so-and-so you know, on a more romantic, you know? And I said, no, you know, we're good friends. They said, well, they had a dream about you, and they're telling everybody the Lord told them that you guys are gonna get married, And I'm like, well, I never had that dream and I don't have that intention. And a year later, I got married to Joy. So was that dream of God? No. Was that dream of the devil? No, I'm a good catch. No, I'm a... a, I think I'm a... (laughs) i am a got you guys, that's funny. (laughs) That was what? Personal... Right? It was their own feelings. You know, whatever. Maybe they had, you know, uh, attraction in their heart, and so in their sleep, they dreamt about seeing me in a suit walking down the aisle. And so I would, I would, I would classify that as immaturity. What, what is that? That's when you take your own self-motivated, self- self-conjured ideas. They're from yourself. I mean, you know, she wasn't a false prophet. That wasn't the devil. It was just her own emotions. And so that is immaturity. Say immaturity. Okay. So immaturity is basically when you have your own feelings and you say they're of God. And so, you know, don't label the person a false prophet. Don't, we, there is a time to do that, but this isn't a time when a person is putting, when, when it's, it's, it's just immaturity. So in, in your walk with Christ, you're gonna, hopefully you, you do that to know how to not do that. I think we all need to have some failure in saying something's of God when it really wasn't, it was yourself. I mean, I've, I've had some big blunders. You know, I, I'm like, I feel like God wants us to have the building next door. I mean, I'm telling everybody, and then we don't have it, you know? So we all, we all have, yeah, then we're partnering with the people that own, I mean, and it's great. I mean, Dr. Ann is awesome. I mean, the yeah, so, but I really felt God. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. So there's still immaturity even if you've been living for God for a long time. So, okay, number two, pride. Pride says the God-inspired ideas, thoughts, or strategies are from themselves. I, these are my ideas. These are my strategies. I come up with this. Give me my props for what I'm doing. Pride says that these God-inspired ideas are ones that you've come up with your own. Deuteronomy chapter 8, God puts us all in check. Look at your neighbor say, he puts us in check. He does. He puts us all in check in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 17 and 18. And this is what he says. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, or excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter, yeah. Did I put it on there? Oh, did I totally miss it? I don't think I put it in here either. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 and 18, it says, let me just turn to there in my Bible, and my phone, because I got to read this. I think it's so good. I thought I put it up there. Man, I blew it. Made a mistake. You failed me for the final time. (laughs) You can forgive me? Yes. Look at my phone. My phone went right to it. Awesome. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I think I might add this in later. That's why maybe I forgot to put it up there. Verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 says this. It says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it was he who gave you the ability to produce wealth for yourself, and so confirm his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So he basically said that we're gonna, that people will come to the point, they say, my own strength did this. He said, don't forget, it was God who gave you the strength, gave you the ability. So there are people in the church, they come, they give these grand ideas, oh man, look at this awesome strategy that I have. Don't you understand? Give credit to where credit's due. Because really, to be quite honest, you're not that brilliant. (laughs) Like, I've had people people tell me, man, you have some wisdom. I'm like, really? That's awesome. Because really, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that one of his gifts of the Spirit is wisdom. Because he makes me look a lot smarter than I am. And I need that. I need to look a lot smarter than I am at times. So pride, so giving... Just giving credit to where credit's due. And so people that would have these type of ideas, you know, and they're really of God, they say it's of them or they want their own, they want their own props. You know, that's why anytime anybody ever compliments me for a message, you may not for this one, but maybe you have for a past one, you say, that was a good message. I know where my messages come from. I get downloads from the Holy Spirit. So I say, Praise God. Those are his words he speaks, because. Because I could, I could sit there, without Holy Spirit, I could sit there and the page would be blank. I could, come up, I could come up with some good stuff, but there, I could sit here and lecture you and give you some good information, but when the Holy Spirit breathes on a message, there's, a, there's, a, there's life in that message compared to me just giving you a bunch of hogwash, or, or not even hogwash, maybe me giving you scripture. If, it, if, the, if it's not Holy Spirit breathed, then it's just knowledge. You just know stuff. God don't want us to just know stuff. He wants us to live. He wants it to be inside of us. I'm getting off topic here. Final, last one. Deception. This is the fun one. <laughs> deception says lies from the enemy are from God. That's what deception does. So if you have never read the book Thus Saith the Lord by John Brevere, I highly recommend it. I've read that book probably three times in my Christian walk you got to read that book. It, I mean, it's just awesome about that. He actually has curriculum. We've actually taught on that curriculum twice on uh, Thus Saith the Lord, because sometimes God gets credit for things he isn't saying. <laughs> it's just, for example, a number of weeks ago, we had a guy come into our church, and it was, uh, it was before worship, uh, before service, and so usually... Uh, Usually, uh, Steve, uh, he's our our youth leader or our youth pastor over at the South Campus. He comes in and he prays early. Um, He usually comes in at like 8. Our service there starts at 1030, and then usually I'll come in at like 9. So he was in there before me, and so when he was in there, this guy walks in, and he grabs this money, and he slams his money on our altar, and he starts saying, this church is all about the money, and starts cursing our church. So... Steve goes over to the guy and says, "Hey, hey, wait, well, you know, hold on, what's going on?" He's like, "God told me this, that, and yet, no." Wait, pause. Hold on a sec. God told you that this church is all about the money. First off, let's just let's just look at where we're at here. Let's look. We do fundraising for a reason. So, if you, anyone in here knows Steve Soto, okay, he didn't play no games. He shut him down real quick, like a ninja, just. It says, oh, you got to go. Goodbye, love you, you got to go. Did God tell him to come in and start throwing curses on our church and to slam his money on the altar and say, this church is about the money and throw? Was that the Lord? Was that his own thoughts? Friends, that was, he said, the Lord told him to do that. Who Who would cause you to curse someone else? The devil. So I would say that is a lying or a deceiving spirit. Okay, Because God is not going to cause you to go curse something else. And I don't think we're smart enough to come up with that idea. So, so there's an influence happening, and especially with this guy, because he kind of has some mental illness issues already. The influence that's speaking to him is not God, it's not the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't his own idea. He felt he was following the Lord and cursing our church because we're about the money. Our Church is <laughs> far from it. If there's a church that's far from the money... <laughs> Vision is that. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. So, okay, another. Okay, so another, uh, another illustration. So, um, I remember. Okay, one time, my pastor, my, pa- uh, my pastor has multiple stories. I'm actually going to tell one of his stories right now. Um, so, one time, uh, he was in his office, and um, and you know, he's just minding his own business, and this guy comes in. And this guy and he meets with Pastor Keith, and so he said, uh, "This guy comes in and he's like, God told me that you're not doing right by this church, and starts like listing all these things that he's doing right, and that God's going to hand me this church." Well, Pastor Keith pastored that church all the way until he moved to Florida. This guy never pastored the church. Okay, was that the Lord? Was that himself? I would say that is deception, okay? Because he's coming and saying the Lord told him, right? So, so, so he's so he's he's saying what he's saying something. He's giving credit to God when it's not credit. So that's what deception. That's a lying spirit. One more, got one more. So, uh, when I first committed my life to Christ, there was this evangelist. Um who was he was uh, pretty famous for around north toledo and uh, and and all kinds of powerful demonstrations of the Holy Spirit was happening through his ministry. I mean, people were getting touched. I mean, I, I mean he like there would be like crowds of people and he would just like wave his hand and like people would get like touched by the Holy Spirit and and like fall out. I mean deliverance and like healings, I mean, just like all kinds of powerful, incredible things. and so uh, my pastor was, was pretty good friends with, the, with this guy who was kind of leading this movement. And so, I mean, just radical, I mean, radical, radical, radical encounters with God. Radical uh, people getting like, I mean, demonstrations of people having encounters with God like you've never seen. So this guy, so he comes to a point in his life where he feels like the Lord told him he's supposed to leave his wife and go be with this other woman. And so my pastor confronted him, I love Pastor Keith, and said, Sir, you are mistaken. Nowhere in the scriptures, or in no way, shape, or form, is the Lord going to tell you to leave your wife to be with this other woman. And you know, what his, you know what his response was? His response was, well, this is the same voice that I've always listened to, and if, if this voice is wrong, then I've been wrong the whole time what would you call that? Deception. It's a lying spirit. Was he, was he hearing the voice of God at one time? Yeah, he was, absolutely. But the scripture says that, that what, that Satan comes in like what, like an angel of light. So, so a deceiving spirit came in, sounding like the voice of God, telling him he should leave his wife, and that's, and that's what he ended up doing. He ended up leaving his wife, being with this other woman, the whole ministry collapsed, unfolded, and and it and it's nobody would even know. I mean, it's, it was called Hellfighters. I don't even know if anybody has even remembered that ministry. It's was powerful ministry, powerful ministry. So look at your neighbor. Say deception. so you, so there's these three things: we got immaturity, we got pride, and we got deception. So sometimes God gets credit for things He isn't saying. So in that case, you can almost you can get right to the border of saying false prophecy right if you're saying god is saying this and god is not saying that mm, yeah it's borderline so so you just got to be very careful that's why we talked about the three influences yourself the devil and the and and god because if it's yourself i've got i've got a lot of grace for people that make mistakes when it's just themselves but a lot of times people when it's the devil there's no changing their mind about it. Well, this is the, what the Lord's saying, and, this is, and God is not even saying that, and you can't, even, you can't even reason with them about how it's not of God. I've sat there and had arguments with people in and, and our foyer about stuff, and they're just completely ob, uh, oblivious. And you're like, this just is not of God. There's no way, shape, or form God would be telling you to do this. For instance, we had this person that was in our church one time, and they they testified, and this was, this was like one of the last times we ever had people give share public testimonies. And they came up, and they were sharing about what God was was doing in their life, and all this other stuff. And they said, and "Yeah, by the way, my name is Michael, the Archangel." <laughs> and so we said, "Nope, <laughs> give me that microphone." <laughs> and I and I had a, and I walked with a guy out in the foyer, and they're. And, you know, they're continuing service. And I said, Michael, just to be clear, you think you are Michael the Archangel. I just want to make sure that, that I heard that clearly, you know. Maybe I, mis- maybe I misinterpreted it. Maybe I misunderstood. And he said, yes, I am Michael the Archangel incarnate. I said, okay. Let me just back up for a moment, just for a minute, okay. I said, On no, I just want to let you know, in no way, shape, or form can you be Michael the archangel. And he was like, Well, I, and he's like, giving all these. I'm like, no, let me just let you know. Okay? Now I said, I said, Michael, you can be Michael the servant. You can be Michael the flaming, the the servant, the, the the servant of flaming fire. I said, but you cannot be. Michael the Archangel. There's just no way. You just cannot. And he was just arguing with me and all this other stuff. And he was like, and I got scars and, and, like, and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, and I said, Michael, obviously, you know, y- you need Jesus and I love you. You know, you can keep coming here. You know, just please don't tell people you're Michael the Archangel because it's just not true. So about, about two years later, I see this guy walking down the street. I'm at, I'm at, a, I'm at a, a stop sign. I'm at, a, I'm at a red light, and he's walking across the street. And he's walking across the street, and he stops, and he sees me, and he waves at me. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, Mike? He said, just to let you know, it's just Michael now. I said, you got it. You got it. It's just Michael. We'll stick with that. So sometimes God gets credit for things he's not saying. And a lot of times God doesn't get credit for the things that he is saying or doing. And so we need to have, that's why we're talking about being tuned in, because we want to give credit to where credit's due, and we want to be able to discern when God's not saying stuff that he's, that he's, being, he, he's being blamed for or that he has been, people are giving him credit for what he's not saying. Would you stand your feet with me today? Lord, I'm just thinking of that song, God, we need you more, Lord. We need you more, God. I shared this illustration when we first started the series. Kinda kinda wanna go with the, the picture on the screen where, you know, our, our walk with God should be like us having our hand on that old school radio, the old analog one with the knob on it. And that trying to trying to get a clear signal from God is like keeping our fingers on that knob and Kind of just adjusting it a little here a little back and forth. sometimes you sometimes the sound is a little bit you know distorted because there's other signals coming through and what do you do you just kind of you kind of work that till you get that nice clear signal and friends that's how it should be in our walk with christ we should always like spiritually have our hand on that knob that that just wants to keep ourself in that in that in that place where we're getting that clear signal with god so, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you give us, God, just the capacity, the discernment. God, we need discernment, Lord. Your word talks about, God, discerning of spirits. God, would you just give us the uh, the unction, God, the grit, the passion, the desire. So to be clear receptors. God, you are always sending signals. God, you are always speaking. You're always working. You're always doing stuff. And Lord, we want to be we want to we want to have we want to be clear receivers. Just like in this room, in this room, there's all kinds of signals. There's radio signals, there's TV signals, there's satellite. There's all kinds of things happening. But if we, if we don't have the, the receiver, we're not getting the signal. And God, we want to we be receivers from you, God. We want to have that clear signal with all the other signals are trying to distract. Father, our own hearts, our own hearts can deceive us. God, the enemy is trying to deceive us. God, we want to hear from you. We want to know that it's you. Help us to discern all these things. And Lord, I just pray, I pray that this... God that this season in our life, that you would speak to us even more clearer than, than we've ever heard. I pray that we would that we would be more accustomed to hearing your voice in this season of our life than we ever have. God I pray that with, with everything that's going on in our world and everything that's going on in our country and all the all the des- devastation and, and all the death and all the stuff, God I pray that the sons and daughters of God would have a clear direction and a clear signal from the maker in our season and in our, in our time, God. Our culture needs to hear the voice of the Lord, and you're calling us to be that voice, God. So, Lord, we just pray. God, I just pray I bless every person that's in here. I pray that you would strengthen and give increase. God, I pray, oh, God, that you would give us wisdom beyond our own years. I pray, God, that we would have the capacity to, to speak up when we need to speak up and to keep silent when we need to keep silent and that we would represent you well. Help us to represent you well. God, help me to represent you well, God. In Jesus' name, and all the saints said together, amen. Friends, God bless you. Thanks for joining with us today. We just hope you have a terrific weekend. Um, if you are a first-time guest, make sure Rick's in the over there. He's got, a, he's got a gift for you today. If not, friends, thanks for joining us. God bless you. Have a terrific week.